Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard Podcast. Our mission is simple. Find God, find others, find yourself. That's it. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information on Reveal, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. Well, if uh, you're new with us, we're on a series called Emoticons where we are taking control over our emotions before uh, they take control over us. We've discussed numerous topics in this series. They are available online on our podcast or on our website, revealvineyard.com. And today, I want to talk about what might be the most important topic in the series. I want to talk to those of us who are fighting tired. I want to talk to those who are, are, are swinging, but you're tired, you're you're weary, you're still in the ring, but your hands have dropped, and, and it seems like you face one fight after another, you, you win one battle and another one appears. I, I want to talk to those who can't seem to catch a break, you're, you're tired, you need rest, but the enemy keeps coming. What do you do when you're tired, but your enemy's not? How do you fight when your thoughts and your emotions betray you? How do you continue to, to battle when everything in you says to quit? doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a lover or a fighter. At some point, you have to lace up the gloves and step into the ring because the fight will come to you. Today, I want to talk to those who are fighting tired. Pray with me. Father, with uh, the topic at hand, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would move and speak beyond my words, that you would speak what is needed over each of us, that there would be new revelation that would be spoken in our lives, that you would have your way and accomplish in each of us exactly what is needed. We invite you, Holy Spirit, move through us. Strengthen us for the battle ahead. And for our offering that will be received uh, as we leave, Lord, bless uh, all of that giving that we can represent you well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Got some exciting news of what uh, we're doing in India that I'll uh, share with you hopefully next week. Uh, but I had a meeting uh, earlier last week, very excited about that, but I'll, I'll share that with you later. Uh, this morning we're in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua is not a stroll down memory lane. Joshua is not a book of that's a kumbaya, let's hold hands and sip hot chocolate around the campfire and reminisce about all that God has done. Joshua is a book about conquering. Joshua is a book about battles and facing down your enemy. Whenever you hear the name Joshua, know that you are stepping into the ring with a fighter. His story, like our story, is one of opportunity and opposition. God gives opportunity and then our opposition stands between us and that opportunity. And Joshua was one who was quick to throw down with anything that stood between him and what God had promised him. And so when you step into the pages of Joshua, you need to step in to be prepared to fight for that which is yours. Joshua was given the assignment to lead a new generation of Israelites into the promised land. 
If you know the story, the the promised land was originally given to their parents. Moses led them out of slavery, but although they were no longer slaves to the Egyptians, they were slaves to a desert uh, of sorts. An 11-day journey that should have, it should have taken to get to the promised land, they were lost in the wilderness for 40 years because of a hard heart and because of stubborn hearts. Now we enter into a new generation because the old generation died off in that desert. And now their children are ready to possess the promise that was given to their parents. But in order to possess it, they were going to have to fight for it. You see, their parents, they wanted the blessing, but they wanted it easy and they wanted it comfortable. They, 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 wanted, they wanted it secure. They, they, they wanted it, but they didn't have the fight that it required to take it. They didn't have the tenacity of faith that it took to lay hold of it. And so that generation died and the next generation is being led by Joshua. God chose Joshua in part because he was a fighter. Moses uh, put him over the troops in his first battle against Amalek and the Bible says that he overwhelmed the opposition. We see uh, that uh, uh, he was one of the uh, 12 spies that were uh, sent out into uh, Canaan to spy on the land. He was one of uh, two that came back with a positive report. If you know the story, ten spies went out to spy into Canaan, and ten of them came back and saying, well, there's absolutely no way that we can, uh, that we can win this battle. They came back and they were whining, saying that the enemy was too big, and the cities are too well fortified, and, and we are like grasshoppers, is what they said, in their sight. That's how large they are. And while ten spies came back whining, it was Joshua who stood up and said, I think we can take them. It was Joshua who, who, who said his words that the Bible records was that we will swallow them up. Joshua was a fighter. He knew something about fighting. See, Moses did well to get the people uh, out of slavery, and he did well to get them to detox from their slavery-type thinking. But after you've been a slave for so long, the mind doesn't transition easily from being property to being a property owner. And so for 40 years, Moses is trying to get this slavery mentality out of them, and the next generation says, we are ready to possess it. Whatever it is that God has promised you and that God has for you in your life, you will need to fight for it. You're going to need to fight for the family you desire, fight for the marriage you desire, fight for the life that you desire, because your enemy will simply not step aside and let you go in untouched. And so this is Joshua's story. Ten spies, Joshua was one of uh, 12 that come back with a favorable report. He's ready to throw down any enemy that stands between him and God's desire for him. He was not always polished. Matter of fact, at one point in Joshua 5, it says that he pulled the sword on the captain of the Lord of hosts. It was either an angelic being or it was the pre-incarnate Christ, the Christophany uh, of, of Jesus that appeared. And Joshua standing in front of Jericho and this man appears and he pulls his sword on this being. He, he wasn't always sure who was friend or foe because he was always ready to fight. And he asked the question, are you for me or are you for my enemy? And this deity, Christ or an, an angel, depending how you want to interpret it, the response was, neither. 
I'm neither for you nor against you. In other words, they were saying, Joshua, you're asking the wrong question. You want to know if I'm on your side, but the bigger question is, are you on God's side? So let me ask you, when it comes to the battle that you're facing in your life, whose side are you on today? Which seems like an odd question because we all want to know that God is on our side. But before God is on our side, God asks the question, are you on my side? See, some of us are fighting battles that we were never meant to fight because we lived lives that we were never meant to live. And through our foolish decisions and, and, and through things that we uh, gave ourselves to, we brought on all types of conflict and all type of fighting. And now we're crying out to God saying, God, show up on my defense, show up on my side. And God says, you want me on your side, but I, you're not really on my side yet. And so let me ask you, if you're fighting tired, whose side are you on? Is there anything that we've brought on ourselves and we're exhausted? And if we listen to the voice of the Spirit, it would tell us, you're, you're, you're on the wrong side. And you want God to step in as a defender, but you're not on His side in the way that you're living, in the way that you've submitted yourself to His Lordship. Joshua's first battle was Jericho. And he overthrows Jericho without problem, captures the entire city and all of its inhabitants. But his next battle is Ai, which presents a problem. Ai is smaller than Jericho and should have been really no uh, opposition whatsoever, but things did not turn out as Joshua would have planned. Someone in his camp by the name of Achan sinned against God. God said, when you destroy Jericho, all of the spoils of war should be destroyed. They're cursed. And yet Achan took some of the spoils for himself out of selfishness. And then when they went to battle against Ai, the battle turned on them quickly. As a result, the battle did not go as, ex as expected. Not only was, was Joshua, Joshua defeated, but he was chased back home, running for his life. Now losing a battle is one thing. Running from a fight is something entirely different. It's humiliating. And Joshua was running from a fight. Let me ask you this. Who, who is it that you have surrounded your life with? So you have issues going on. You have a fight in your life. Who have you surrounded yourself with? There are people that can speak truth into your life and strengthen your soul. And then there are those who have the, the gift of sucking the life out of you. And if you've surrounded yourself with too many Achans, those who are selfish, who are doing their own thing, the battle that you face, you are, you are in an uphill fight because of who you surrounded yourself with. Joshua had to distance himself from Achan. Not just distance as in like your dead distance. Who have you surrounded yourself with? Joshua faces his first defeat. Let's talk about when winners lose. When losers lose, the loss is not all that disturbing because when you lose enough times, you start to identify as a loser. You begin to define yourself as a loser. When a losing team loses enough, that loss doesn't matter much because that's just who they are. They kind of go on with life. But when a winner loses, when a winning team loses, the loss can be so painful it brings men and women to tears. 
When winners lose, it's not the scrapes and bruises that hurt because the body will heal. The tension is in experiencing something that contradicts how they define themselves. See, it was not in Joshua's nature to lose. When, when Joshua stepped onto the battlefield, you read his biography for yourself. When he stepped onto the battlefield, victory followed. He was possibly the greatest military leader in all of the Bible. And yet now Joshua steps on the battlefield and he's humiliated and his life is flipped upside down. Circumstances contradict how he defines himself and now he's confused and everything that he thought he knew was now in question. The Bible says when Joshua lost at Ai, he cried. That he threw himself down on the floor, he ripped his clothing, he threw dust on his head and he wept. And he remained on the ground. He, he started to question God about everything. He, he asked God, why would you bring us all this way just to let an enemy defeat us? Why didn't you keep us on the other side of the Jordan where we were at least safe? He asked God, do you not realize, God, that this word of this defeat will spread and our enemies will hear it? And what Joshua said is, they will wipe our name from the face of the earth. When winners lose, it can be disturbing and stir up things in them that they never knew were inside of them. But I love God's response in Joshua 7. The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? In other words, God's saying, Joshua, what are you doing rolling around in the dirt with your face on the ground? This isn't the man that I knew. This isn't the man who has my spirit inside of him. This is not the man who was always ready for a battle. Joshua, get up. And I wonder if that's the, the word that God speaks to some of us today. If you're in a battle, let me, let me give you a, a third observation. This one's a little bit more touchy. And that is, lose the pity party. Joshua, he actually had uh, his leaders with him. And they were all lying on the ground. And they're all complaining. And they're all moaning. And God says, Joshua, this is not who I've created you to be. And maybe in your fight, maybe you've been sending out invitations for others to come to your pity party. And whenever you're around them, you make sure you tell them that, that oh, life is so hard and uh, doesn't, I don't know when it's ever going to get better and why is it always happening to me and other people seem to have it good but I seem to have it bad and, and here we go again, the same old thing. Maybe it's time that you hear the voice of God speaking through His Holy Spirit that says, get up. This is not who you are. This is not my spirit in you that causes you to lie out flat on the ground, constantly complaining, questioning my faithfulness, questioning your destiny. Maybe God is saying to you, what are you doing lying on the ground? Get up already. Listen to what he said to Joshua. Chapter 1 Going into this, it's God is almost setting up Joshua that, look, this is what it's going to take. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. And he says again, only be strong. And this time he says, and very courageous. And maybe, maybe God's word to us that are fighting tired. Maybe the word is be strong and very courageous. See, for Joshua, it wasn't a one 
fight. It wasn't two fights. It was a seven-year campaign that he was about to undertake in order to get where God was going to lead him. And I don't know how long your fight is going to last. I don't know how long you're going to be in this battle. But what you need to sustain yourself in the battle is the word of God that says, Be strong and very courageous. Get up off the floor and start functioning as the man or the woman that I've created you to be. Get up and fight. You might be fighting tired, but God says fight anyway. You might fight lonely, but at least you're fighting. You might be fighting out of a relationship that's dying, but at least you're fighting. You might be fighting sick, but fight anyways. You might be fighting older than you used to be, but get up and fight anyways. God says, look, life may not be turning out the way that you want it to, but fight anyways. Get up off the ground. Stand up and fight. Four of you like that a lot. And the rest of you, mm, life is so good you don't need this message, but I need this message. Look, I know some of you, you're feeling like, look, I wish I didn't have to fight. I don't have the strength to do it. And if the enemy would have came to me this time last year, I would have whooped him. But the last 12 months has been so defeating, so exhausted, so exhausting that now the enemy comes and I look and I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have what it takes to fight the battle that's coming my way. Let let me ask you, what kind of report do you speak over yourself? There were 10 spies, 12 spies that went out. 10 of them came back saying, we can't beat them. We go in there, they will wipe the floor with us. And yet Joshua and Caleb too came back saying, not only can we take them, we will swallow them whole. What do you speak over yourself when you're tired of fighting? What do you say when no one's listening? What do you say when someone's listening? You know what I've said over myself? You end one fight, a new fight comes, and I've said it typically to my wife. I can't do this again. And some of you said it. I can't go down this road again. Because my assessment of myself and of the battle is that it's too big, they're too strong, I'm like a grasshopper in their sight, and I can't do it. What do you speak over yourself? The enemy's too big, it's too strong, you're too weak, it, it already took out my parents, it took out my grandparents. What is it that you speak over yourself? And maybe it's time for some of us to respond as Joshua did, who said, by the strength of God. By the Spirit of God in me, I say we whoop them. And I say we can take them. Joshua is steadied and the people repent of their sin and they regroup and distance themselves from Achan. And he sets his sight on Ai again. And this time he comes with a vengeance. Have you ever suffered a defeat from your opponent? Maybe in sports it was, it was where it was so humiliating that the next time you face them, something in you snapped. And you found strength that you didn't know you had. And you found skills that you didn't know were in you. Well, Joshua steps into a battle and he routes them. So much so, so, much so that the, 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 his reputation spread. And the Gibeonites actually came to him because of how he defeated Ai. They came to him and said, uh, don't hit us. Listen, this is what they said. They said, don't hurt us, Joshua. We want to be on your side. 
And can, can we create an alliance together? Joshua was a little deceived at this point, enter into a, a treaty that he shouldn't have. But, but he's now linked with the Gibeonites and he says, yes, I will defend you. And later, five kingdoms come against Gibeon because they are now connected to Joshua. And Gibeon is now crying for help. You, I, I would tell my kids sometimes, joking, it's like, look, man, anything ever happens, do it you best. Curl up in a ball and scream till I get there. Well, that's what, that's what the Gibeonites were doing. They were curled up in a ball and screaming, Joshua, you have to come and help us. And Joshua and his men, they set out on a trek. They march all day and they march all night. And they are marching into a battle that they know they should never win. There are five kingdoms against Joshua. Joshua and his men, they march all night, no sleep. And I can only imagine what goes through the mind of a warrior when he knows they are about to face the warriors that five kings will throw at them. The best that five kingdoms can throw. There is nothing in his favor, at least nothing that is natural. And then God gives him this word. The Lord said to Joshua, Joshua 10, 8. Do not be afraid of them, which implies that on this journey, Joshua is thinking, what have I gotten myself into? He says, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand, and not one of them will be able to withstand you. Sometimes, if you get a word from God, he can change your entire perspective on the battle. And some of us who are fighting tired, you desperately need a word that will change your perspective on the battle. Five kingdoms come against Joshua. The men cover the mountainside. The sun glistening off their shields and off their swords. And, and the, the horses are snorting. The chariots are kicking up dust. And they hear the war cry coming their way. And five kingdoms come against one kingdom. And Joshua's men set out on a battle. Outnumbered, outclassed, outtrained. A battle they should never have won. And yet somehow, they're not even sure how it happens. They get five kingdoms. Everyone one of them are on the run and through the dust all they see are butts and elbows i know there's a better way to say it but we're in church and that's all he five kingdoms butts and elbows heading for the hills they're not even sure what happened listen let me ask the question what does it look like in your life to have the enemy on the run their battle wasn't even over right they just had him retreating and yet, there was, there, there was a time of recognizing what was occurring. My point is, is that we need to begin to celebrate the small victories in the fights that we encounter. Have you ever faced an enemy that you didn't think you could beat, but somehow you had him on the run? Have you ever been involved in some type of athletics when you thought there is no way we can beat them, but somehow your team rises to the challenge and you defeat the battle, you defeat the team that you should have never beat? Joshua and his army have five kingdoms on the run. My point is, is that some of us, your battle's not over, but we need to step back from the battle and at least begin to recognize the small victories that you've already had. Because sometimes when it's one fight after another, it can just become this fog, this haze, and all we're thinking is, I'm never going to break through, I'm never going to bust through. But in reality, you're not where you used to be. And in some areas of your life, you already have the enemy on the run. Take a step back and say, I haven't fully beat him, but I got him on the run. The trouble has 
left me completely, but I have them on the run. I, I still have cravings for some of the things in my own life, but I got the cravings on the run. Not everything in my life has lined up, but some of those things that have faced me, I got them on the run. Look, I thought the, the end of my marriage was going to destroy me, and there were days when despair overwhelmed me. But you look back and you think, it's not totally better, but despair's on the run. What is it in your life that you need to step out of the battle and say, it may not be fully over, but I have some enemies on the run. God has shown himself strong and faithful. And some of the things that used to defeat me, I'm now getting the upper hand and I have the enemy on the run. Listen, don't wait until your battle is over to celebrate. Sometimes you stop in the middle of the battle and say, I know I still have a fight ahead of me, but the enemy's on the run. And I know I'm tired, and I know I'm bruised, and I know I'm battle-scarred, but I got the enemy on the run. I know I don't have a lot in me, but God keeps giving me what I need day by day. I realize the enemy is strong and he's crafty, but I got him on the run. I know it's not over, but I got him on the run. And I know I'm tired, and if you look at me, there's no way I should win this fight. But because of God's Spirit in me, in some areas of my life, the enemy's on the run. Does anybody have a story in some area of your life where the enemy's on the run? And it is in those moments that we step back and say, wait, 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 wait. I beat this enemy once before. And I beat him here, and I beat this one, and God helped me beat this one, and God's strength helped me beat this one, and now I'm in another one, and I know I can speak over myself. I'm never going to overcome. But you know what? I have some enemies on the run. And let it feed you. Thank God, even when the fight isn't over, that in some areas of your life, you have the enemy on the run. And here's my last point. Do your part and let God do the rest. So Joshua is tired, but he's got him on the run. And then God joins in the fight, and Joshua 10 says hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from hail than were killed by the swords of Israelites. What would it have to be like? Picture yourself if you're Joshua, and you're going hand-to-hand battle, hand-to-hand combat, and, and you're seeing the men that you're fighting drop on your left and your right, and then you see out of your peripheral, you see men falling that you never touched. You see enemies dropping to the ground that none of your men ever touched. And it was as if God said, look, Joshua, if you do your part, I'm going to do my part. You take out who you can, and I'll take out the rest. Joshua, you take the small one, and let me take the big one. And maybe that's the word that some of us need to hear today from God. That you do your part, and let me do my part. You take out who you can, and let me take out the rest. You stand where it's needed, and let me stand with you. Let me strengthen you. And I know the enemy seems to be too numerous, but if you will step into the battlefield, you will begin to see enemies fall that you never touched. Maybe that's what some of us need to hear. That if you will step in, God will always be faithful. But we will never get to that point if we never step into the fight. And some of us, if we're honest, are ready to throw in the towel and ready to quit. 
You realize this message isn't about Joshua. It's about your fight. It's about my fight and my struggle. It's about whose side I align with and I put myself on. It's about the report that I speak over myself. It's about who I surround myself in the fights that I face. It's about celebrating in those small victories. it's It's about doing what I can and allowing God to do the rest. This is about your fight. It's about your struggle. And I know that some of you would say, look, it's been a hard year, and I just can't face this battle. And I'm not asking you to face it on your own. God's not asking you to face this fight on your own. If you're going to try to face your enemy down in your own physical power, you will lose that fight every time. But it's the Spirit of God that is in you, that stirs you on, that cheers you on to that next round. So what does that look like for you? Maybe you came in today and you thought your day was over and your fight was over. Maybe you thought your time was up. The enemy thought it was over and thought that you'd given up and he'd knocked you down and made you cry or pushed you into the corner or told you you have no hope and no opportunity. And maybe now the Spirit of God is being stirred in you and you heard the voice of God say, get up off the ground and fight again. Close your eyes with me and just rest and allow God to speak I don't know what your fight looks like. Maybe you've been fighting for your family for years and you're weary and you're tired and you're ready to give up and God says now's not the time to end that fight. Or you've been fighting for your marriage and and you're ready to quit and maybe God is telling you now, now's not the time to quit on that fight. Or you've been fighting for some type of freedom, some type of deliverance, and, 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 and you, you think it's never going to get better, that it already beat your parents and your grandparents, and you're just going to fall in line. And God says, that's not your destiny. It's not what's going to happen in your fight. Where is it that you have given up? And where is it that you've lost hope? Where is it that you've accepted defeat? And would you, would you allow the Spirit of God to make you a fighter? To fight for what God has for you. Being a fighter doesn't mean you're ready to raise your hands and bust someone in the mouth, but it means that you are willing to fight against anything or anyone that will stand in the way of what God has given you. Holy Spirit, would you encourage those that need to be encouraged today? Would you give hope to those who are running low on hope. Would our spirits be strengthened by your spirit within us? Would 
would you begin to overflow as we align ourselves with you and we submit ourselves to you? Would our minds begin to change the thoughts that we have, the things that we speak over ourselves? Would we gather around us people that will encourage us and cheer us on, hold us accountable when needed? Would we do our part and allow you to do the rest? Would you help us to celebrate in the small victories? Would you help us to see your faithfulness to us in the past? Will we lose the pity party and the woe is me? And would we get up off the ground and be a fighter? For our day is not over and our fight is not in vain. To you who are fighting tired, I speak strength by the Spirit of God in you. To you who are fighting weary, to you who are been fighting so long that your thoughts have turned against you I speak over you help and opt, uh, hope and optimism I speak over you the realization and the experience of the faithfulness of God Holy Spirit would you be to each person exactly what they need at this moment. And let us be doers of what we have heard today. And I bless you, church. I bless you to experience the love, the mercy, the patience of your heavenly Father. Experience the strength of your heavenly father. That in your weakness, he makes you strong. Some of you, before you leave, you need to allow us to pray for you. And we'll have some people down front. And you are fighting tired. And I would encourage you to allow someone to stand with you and pray for you in that fight. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peace be upon you to fight the good fight. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, if you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. And please don't leave without allowing someone to pray for you uh, if you need prayer. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless.